team of bankers and one experiment I did with them, I said, look, I used to have a checklist. Say, look, you want a brand like this and you want to tell them like this and you want to ask them these questions. And it was very like black and white and the conversation sounded like robots almost. And one day I said, look, we're going to cut all this, right? We're going to actually switch it to a blind date script. And I'm going to give you a point for every time you make the client laugh. I'm going to give you a point for every story you share. I'm going to give you a point for every time you're curious. We did blind date audits and we made a contest on blind dates and everyone was having fun laughing. And that day we pulled like 80% of the credits on the phone calls that we had compared to like 30 that we were doing. And we realized that, you know, being yourself and being assumptive and being confident and being funny works a lot more than being robotic. I'll start here. Likeability. Who remembers blind dates? Raise your hand. All right. <laughs> you sure, Kayla? I thought blind dates died in your era. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're still out. And a blind date, you know, when you think about it, you know, you want to really be prepared for a blind date. You dress good. You feel good. You smell good. You probably have some jokes lined up. You're probably curious about the other person, right? And we do all that. And if you look at statistics, sadly, the majority of blind dates end up in one night stands or crazy. Not all of them, the majority. <laughs> people I know, there are some that survive and God bless those people and they end up to be married <laughs> families. But when you think about the ones that don't and you think about the outcome of a blind date and doing all of that, you know, it's typically for a date or to get to know somebody better. And when you think about the outcome of taking a phone call or calling a realtor, sending an email and text, the outcome really is, if not as important as a blind date, even more important is getting you closer to your goals and dreams. That's really what this phone call means. And when you think about that, what I notice a lot is we don't use our personality on the phones or in the email or in the tech. Like people don't really know who Shannon is and they might know who Shannon is. But I'm saying there are some Shannons out there that don't really show who Shannon is on the phone. And that's what I find a lot of. So the first thing I do is I had a team of bankers and one experiment I did with them, I said, look, I used to have a checklist. Say, look, you want a brand like this and you want to tell them like this and you want to ask them these questions. And it was very like black and white and the conversation sounded like robots almost. And one day I said, no, we're going to cut all this, right? We're going to actually switch it to a blind date script. And I'm going to give you a point for every time you make the client laugh. I'm going to give you a point for every story you share. I'm going to give you a point mm -hmm. for every time you're curious. We did blind date audits and we made a contest on blind dates and everyone was having fun laughing. And that day we pulled like 80% of the credits on the phone calls that we had compared to like 30 that we were doing. And we realized that, you know, being yourself and being assumptive and being confident and being funny works a lot more than being robotic and professional, right? So I ask you that, are your phone calls like blind dates? When you talk to a a realtor? Are you building that relationship and that connection with them? Could you call your clients, your friends? And I think that's the first level. The second level is, you know, treating Kayla and her team like a blind date because they're the processors and I want to get good with the processors. I want to build a relationship with you because I want you to take care of my stuff. And then I want to learn about the appraisal team. And I want to learn about the title team. And who do I reach out to there? And I want to make friends everywhere. I have a VIP chat on my Microsoft Teams. And guess who it has? My underwriting person, my appraisal person, my title person, you know, my solution consultant person. And I have all these people that I built relationships with so I could reach out to my sphere of influence anytime I need something. So I want you to start focusing on that with your clients and with your realtors and even with the people that you associate yourself with every single day. I would make friends with them. I want oh, to make absolutely. friends with the lenders, every single one of them. I want them to know me by name. I had a broker that's telling me like, yeah, man, like I've been looking so much for a lender to get this person qualified. I said, why are you working so hard to get a lender for your client? The lender should be working hard to get your client for them. And I said, instead, what I want you to do is make a copy paste chat every time you have a client with a sticky situation and I make them copy paste it the 
seven, mm-hmm. say first person to respond to me, tell me they could get this done. It's coming to you. Now I got the lenders fighting and searching for his answer, right? Mm-hmm. We flipped the psychology on it and built the relationship that way. So there's a lot of things that go into likability. There's going three layers deep, you know, instead of just asking somebody how much you make a year and they say 60,000, you say, great. I need a W-2 and pay stub. Like there's different layers, right? There's two, three layers you could go. How much do you make 60,000? Well, how was that for you? It's okay. Another layer. What do you mean by okay? Well, you know, I'm just getting by. What do you mean by just getting by? Well, I'm just paying the bill. So you're just paying the bills. Is that comfortable? Not really. Okay, so we're just paying the bills. We're not saving and it's not comfortable. All that started from how much you make a year. How much do you have in the bank? I can't tell you how many sales I've built off of how much you have in the bank. When they say a thousand or two thousand, I don't say great. Okay, I say a thousand, two thousand. What happened there? Well, how much would you like to have? What would you do with more? I've been there before. I've been negative before. And I remember when A, B, and C happened, I go deeper. A divorce, you know, some people steer away from divorces. I talk about divorce. I come from a family of divorces, you know, you could accomplish the most when you're on your own. You know, you're not going to have anybody setting you back. So hopefully this is going to clear a new path for you of freedom and to accomplish a lot more in your life. How is it living on your income by yourself now and going deeper into the divorce to figure out what's going on in their life? And that's like on the refinance side, but on the purchase side, it's like, what is your dream home? And why is that your dream home? And what would be your favorite thing about this home you want to purchase? And taking it a step further than every single Sunday, I'd send Len an email and say, hey, Len, I know you're looking for a house with a pool. I'm not really supposed to do this, but check out this house I found in your area. Like imagine I help Len find the house that he sends to the realtor. Now I'm doing everyone's job and everybody has to like me because now I'm providing value all the way around in a full circle. You see, that's what this game is. 